Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is episode 295. And I am joined by my awesome co-host from afar out in Austin, who is finally defrosted, de-snowed, de-iced, and survived probably the worst epidemic inside an <laughs> epidemic in Texas's history. None other than Amanda Powell. How are you, Amanda? Slowly defrosting. My family was texting me during last week and was like, how do you feel about continuing to live through historical events? (laughs) (laughs) That was like, not great. I don't feel great about it. I don't have power and I'm really cold. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like, it's, it's crisis upon crisis. It's like, well, if you can deal with all this, Manny, you can pretty much deal with anything. I'm basically superhuman at this point. You are superhuman. Anything you can overcome. Overcome. So I'm pretty excited to talk today about uh, a case study that we've actually presented to Facebook. So we, you might actually see this on the Facebook site, on the Facebook business site, because it hits on five steps that, that we used at Tier 11 to 53x lead gen info e-commerce business in less than 18 months. And usually when you get headlines like that or, or you see those sorts it of things. It doesn't sound real. Are you trying to clickbait us? Da- <laughs> this is a clickbaity of clickbait <laughs> episodes here, Amanda. So you're going to be the one that makes sure that I have all my facts straight here. So yeah, start grilling you. <laughs> yeah, like not just talking about like fake screenshots that are just messed around with on websites, which does happen with some people who do this sort I'll of thing. I'll let you know if he's faking it, y'all. <laughs> Absolutely. As you're, you're our quality control. You're our QC right. here. So yeah, so it is actually true. Yes, we did actually do that. I didn't do it. Let's be very clear. It's the <laughs> smart people at Tier 11. We've got two amazing media buyers, Danielle and Josh, that are on this account. And then our creative team, Daniel, as well as our entire producer team over at Tier 11 really did all this. But the strategy is something that we've been using for quite some time here. We just were able to refine it. And because this customer really had the right mindset as far as how to get Facebook to work for them, I think that was the key. So it was a joint partnership all the way around. And these five steps I think you can take as a business or even if you're an agency, I know a lot of agencies listening to this podcast here, you can take this back to your customers and clients or you can you know, just implement one of these five steps in your business. And I guarantee you that you will start to see results, especially as the Facebook platform is changing and growing. These guys are also expanding into other media platforms as well. 
You know, they want to get into TikTok. They're already on YouTube, you know, Snapchat, and a bunch of others. But the basics here are that these steps do work to convert cold traffic and create customers for your business with a good return. So why don't we get right into it, Amanda? And you can yeah. be the, uh, the sleuth to make sure that all my facts are in alignment here. <laughs> That's right. I want to hear these five steps. <laughs> so it, back in... May of 2019, these this customer, they're in the cooking niche. And we might actually mention their name at some point in time, but they're in the cooking niche. They teach people how to cook. They also have- oh, This is an, great for me. I'm really interested now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So they teach people how to cook. They have a subscription offer to a magazine, which is a really good front-end offer. They hadn't quite figured out exactly how to leverage that and how to scale that. But then they also do lead generation, which is- Every business should be doing that. DM does that really well. We do it as well. And then they also have an e-commerce store. So I think there's a lot of things you can take from this, no matter what business you are, whether you do have a subscription type of business or a free plus shipping offer, or whether you have just straight lead gen, or whether you have an e-commerce store, they blend all these offers together, which is, I think, one of the reasons why there was so much flexibility and we were able to really get good results because we had a diversity of offers. And I think that's one of the big keys here. So Amanda and I are actually looking at a screenshot here. They were spending $13,000 a month back in May of 2019. And it true to form, they were spending about 13 grand. They were making about eight grand. So spending 13, getting about eight grand back, not too bad. I mean, obviously not break even, not profitable. And the the most recent month, here we are in early 2021, January, they spent about 379000 about 379000 $380,000. And their revenue from that spend in January was $429,000. This so, flat, okay, this is insane to me. And I just, okay, one, this is in the span of a year, right, Ralph? Yeah. One year. It's about so 18 months, you, 16, 18 okay. months. Yeah. Okay. How did you end up going from a spend? Were you slowly, incrementally increasing spend? Because it's insane to me that a company in the span of 18 months can go from a spend of 13,000 to almost 400, like 380,000 and be yeah. profitable. That seems yeah. like a very extreme like spend increase to me. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's not unreasonable. I mean, I think if you've got the right combination of offers and strategy, it's not unreasonable. This is a very well-established business. Let's keep that in mind. Like these guys were successful mm -hmm. before they started using Facebook. So okay. they have a huge organic following. They have a TV show. Their spokesperson is, is a celebrity. I mean, okay. they had a lot of things going for them. They just needed, like they had the fire already burning they just needed somebody to throw gas on it and just explode it. So like this, is it an extreme case? But I feel like that's a lot of people's problems. Do you find that like when you get into people's ad accounts where it's like, oh, you have a good product or just not like the offer is just not quite there? Oh, it's to it's totally common. I mean, we talk to, you know, dozens of businesses every single week where it's not necessarily a traffic problem for them. They might come to us and say, oh, well, I need Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. Well, in fact, what they actually really need is they need offers that convert to cold traffic. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's just a matter of tweaking it. So what, what we saw here is we saw a company that was spending money, they were getting conversions to people who don't know who they are. And that's the key that we really look for. Well, like when we're mm -hmm. trying to figure out, because we can't completely reconfigure an offer. Like businesses right. come to us and say, all right, 
I want to take things to the next level, but what evidence do we have that they can actually do that? If they have a product that they've never sold, like we have no idea if the world actually wants it. Right. So <laughs> in this case of this particular customer, they already had a solid business. You knew people wanted it. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so even though the spend was really small way back in, in May of 2019, what was the thing for us when we did the analysis, and I remember when we did the analysis on it, and I actually spoke to a customer last night on this very thing. He's like, well, can I scale up almost exactly like this? They're in the <laughs> maternity niche okay. um, and a couple of other female products. Like, But they're very similar. They're successful on their own. They mm -hmm. actually have a really solid wholesale business. They resell a lot of their stuff. But what we saw is that even though their spend was very small, the way that, that this customer was, they had cold traffic campaigns. People that were mm. lookalike audiences, interest-based audiences, sending them right to the offer, people were buying. And they were buying and the straight AOV, from straight from cold traffic. So <laughs> like if you've got an offer that, even if you haven't perfected it, but you're sending it to people who don't know who you are and have never heard of you and they're buying it, that's an amazing thing. Mm -hmm. So what we saw here is that they already had that, Amanda, they just sort of need a strategy around it. So to your point, is this, is this completely absurd that you could do this? Well, if you have an offer that you don't know whether or not people want it, yeah, it would be absurd. But yeah. we already knew <laughs> that they had, had a very large you list. Prove, that, you've proven yeah. the product. That makes we, sense. Yeah, the product is proven. So so anyway, like Ryan says, we've said this a million times on the show, is mm -hmm. that you know, no amount of traffic in the world will cure a crappy offer. Right. <laughs> uh, so we did this in sort of five steps. So is it... Is it realistic to say, okay, within 18 months, can you 53x revenue? Yeah, I think it is. Can you do this within three months? Yeah, a little harder to do. <laughs> but I think it's possible as long as you have a, a multifaceted way of approaching it. So the first thing that we did is, and we've talked about this many times, is that before we take over an ad account, the first thing that we do is we say, okay, your account right now is... It, there is some conversions that are going on to cold traffic, which is good. That's a very strong signal that we can scale. We're not sure. We're not 100% sure. We're never going to guarantee it. But all right, you've got some cold traffic campaigns, which are good. But they're all muddled with all these other types of traffic. Mm -hmm. They might be sort of mixing up their audiences that have hit their website but haven't bought. Maybe the audiences that go all the way add to cart and then abandon. Sounds off too familiar. <laughs> yeah. So all like you're going to get abandoned carts. So you're going to deal with it. But you, but what we found is that this system that we refer to as the ad amplifier or the e-commerce ad amplifier, what you do is you separate out your traffic based upon these five levels of engagement. And they weren't really doing that. They had cold traffic campaigns. They didn't have any exclusions for their buyers or the lead lists. And so all their traffic was kind of commingled together but they still had cold traffic campaigns that were converting. And that was the big signal that we found. So what we first Is it first hard to separate did, them out like that, Ralph? Like <clears throat> I'm remembering our old ad account before we brought on our paid media manager and it was like, have fun fixing this. <laughs> yeah. It, I think this would be difficult. Like if it was like a really old historical account, especially like how long does it take you guys to separate it out like this? Well, typically what we'll do is we'll have the accounts that are going right now and that's sustaining their spend. They have individual campaigns that are kind of running 
typically like top of funnel, middle of funnel, maybe bottom of funnel. If Mm -hmm. we see that's actually a fairly good campaign structure, but we take it one step further. What we want to do is we want to isolate out each individual level of traffic. This might be more of a challenge with iOS 14, depending on how that looks in, (laughs) in, in the spring. The point is like, we try to talk to each level of traffic based upon their depths of engagement. So how we mm-hmm. do it is we create custom audiences for people who have clicked on an ad, fired the page view event, or mm-hmm. maybe have opted into a lead but gone no further. So that's what we refer to as level two traffic. Those are people okay. who are lightly engaged. They haven't gone any further. They haven't self-selected a product. They haven't really gone any further. So that's level two. Level one, obviously, being cold traffic. So those are the people that are lookalike audiences, that you're, you're interest-based audiences. And then we do exclusions there to a certain degree. So there's cold traffic. Then there's sort of this level two traffic. And we find that type of traffic, you have to speak to it a little bit differently than your level one. Right. Then we separate out the level three, which in this case is what we refer to as view content. That's an event that's a little bit deeper in the customer journey. Mm. And it's a standard event that you can create a custom audience around. So basically an audience that you can create based upon where people are in your journey. And then you create ads that speak to where those people are. So let's say you see my ad, you see Chris doing his video, which we'll get into in a second. You're like, wow, that seems really interesting. So you click and then you land on the landing page, but you go no further. Mm -hmm. You might go to a collection page of a bunch of products, but you don't self-select a product. Mm -hmm. That would be a level two audience. Mm-hmm. But let's say you see a, a video ad for him and he's selling this knife that's really cool. And you're like, wow, I really need that knife, the Nakiri knife. That's what <laughs> Amanda Powell needs in her kitchen. Yes. You know, without having to like saw at a cart and like it just slices through like a really that good knife. That sounds great. I was cutting um, tomatoes last night. It's really yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you need the Nakiri knife. We're going to sell you a Nakiri knife here. So if you go to the, like, let's say you click on that and then you're looking at the product, the Nakiri knife, you've self-selected a product. So now we know, okay, Amanda Powell is interested in the Nakiri knife. So we're going to, if you go no further, if you don't add to cart or you don't buy, then we'll start sending you ads back Mm -hmm. that say it have a slightly different message, but it's Mm -hmm. more product based because we know you've already selected the Nakiri knife. Maybe we'll show you the Nakiri knife and maybe some other knives. Or maybe some other kitchen accoutrement. So that's how, sort of how that works. So that's level three. Let's say you go, you see it, and then you see the Nakiri knife again, and you click, and then you add to cart, but like 80 to 90% of traffic, especially on mobile, you abandon cart. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll then send you a message that says, hey, did you leave something? Ready to check out? A slightly different message. So that's a level four ad. And then when you finally do purchase the Nakiri knife and you buy all kinds of other things, then we have you in a level five audience, which is purchasers, which is basically a custom audience for customers. And then we'll try to resell you different products, cross sell. If you're selling something that's a consumer good, that's mm-hmm. that's consumable, rather maybe at 30 or 45 days or 60 days, we might send you a reminder to reorder, that sort of thing. So how you separate out all these levels of traffic is it's actually fairly simple to do. You just have to sort of have the framework. And that's what we did here. So we superimposed this e-commerce ad amplifier framework onto their campaigns. And immediately we saw a lift 
in their return on ad spend and the effectiveness of their ads. Does that make sense? Those makes complete sense. I'm glad we're, we haven't talked about this in a while. Like, I feel like you really broke it down, like you said, not just from top, middle and bottom of funnel, but into the entire customer value journey. So the ads are now broken out into every level of a buyer's journey, which we've discussed before. Like I know, I think we've actually discussed it with Molly on here before about how she used to break down the different ad campaigns, but it's something that makes so much sense in terms of where a customer's mindset is within Facebook when they're scrolling, but we don't talk about it a lot. And I feel like just hearing that just by doing this, they already got a, a lift is kind of a testament to being able to like walk people through and not skip a step within the buyer's journey. Absolutely. And one of the keys that I didn't mention here is that you talk to each level. Like this is totally ripped off from the customer value journey. I mean, I got to be honest with it. It's like I, this and Eugene Schwartz's five levels of engagement. Are I was really, say, nothing's new in marketing, Ralph. Nothing's I mean, really nothing's new. Nothing's ever new in marketing. <laughs> I, I'm not going to tell you that I thought of this all on my own, but it just seemed like it was logical. Like our team figured this out, and mm-hmm. or, this, but we figured this out like four or five years ago and then spoke on it. At Traffic and Conversion Summit, I think that's where we sort of unveiled it. People are like, holy crap, that's really good. And not because it's novel and it's a you know cute little trick. It's because it works. Yeah. It, it absolutely does. Now, whether or not it will work as well with iOS 14, I don't know. But <laughs> the point is, is like you can't talk to every person in your customer value journey the exact same way. And you guys know that. At the, I mean, mm-hmm. you coined the phrase customer value journey. So um, I'm so used to saying it now that I forget that we coined it. (laughs) I'm just like, that's a universal term, right? (laughs) It, it, It totally is. Yeah. So at each level, we have different assets that we know typically will work. Like Mm -hmm. at level one, and the reason why I'm saying this is because the next step is specifically assets at cold traffic. Like for a level one, we have, I would say eight, but probably a whole lot more, probably about 15 or so different types of ads that we use at level one. But one of the ones that worked really well is what we refer to as a teach and pitch video, which we'll get into exactly what that is. Mm. So we use that at level one. And then we might also use it at level two. Remember, level two is I've clicked on an ad, but I've gone no further. Or I've watched a video percentage. Maybe you've watched Chris's video of 25%, but you went no further. And so we will target you slightly differently based upon that. But what we'll do is the messaging will be different as well as the assets that we'll use will be different. So if I've clicked on an ad and I've gone no further, or I've watched a percentage of a video, then you have some light level of engagement. So we have about five or six different types of assets we'll use there. Testimonials, the love sandwich video, which is a whole other, could be a whole other episode is like the type of thing that we'll do there. So level three will be a little bit different. We might do sort of dynamic product ads. We might do sort of thinking about it kind of ads. Level four, it's like, just get you over the hump, which is you've added to cart and you've basically abandoned. So it's just a matter of just buy already. (laughs) So we have certain types of templates that we do use for each level. The key to it though, is the ones that you use for level one. And for these folks, like step two really in this process was refine their video assets. And when they came to us, they were using, they weren't fully leveraging video. So one of the things that we recognized very early on and pre-COVID, I actually used to go and do quarterly meetings with these guys because they're in Boston and it was actually a lot of fun. And then (laughs) all of a sudden this thing happened. So, but we want to get back to it. So like once a quarter, we would go in and we'd say, all right, 
here's what we want you guys to shoot for video. Here's what the strategy is for the coming quarter. Let's go out and do it. Let's map it all out. So when we first started working with them, they were using kind of like these image ads with maybe a GIF, but they weren't really leveraging the brilliance of, of their spokesperson, Chris. And he mm. like he's really good. Like he's a professional, like he's world renowned in the cooking space. And so I'm like, you guys aren't leveraging your best asset. So we're like, mm-hmm. we gotta get him on video. And he does a TV show every single week. He has a podcast. Like he's a professional speaker. So we're like, we found these hidden assets, Amanda. We're like, all right, we need to do more with that. So what we did is we basically said, okay, what we want you to do is this teach and pitch video ad. And it's very, very simple where like, all right, in this particular instance, we're selling his $1 subscription to the magazine. Really, really simple. All you want to do is you just want to have some kind of motion at the beginning of the video. And then Chris comes on and starts teaching. And all he does, the, the most famous ad and the one that what, that spent nearly a million dollars just on its own is this one teach and pitch video ad, which teaches people how to cook scrambled eggs. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprig. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> I was going to ask, okay, this kind of answers my question because my question was going to be, it's cold traffic. Mm-hmm. Obviously putting a face to the brand will help, but like, how are you putting a video in front of people that seems like it would have to be longer than 30 seconds and keeping their attention to people who never heard of the brand before, but cooking scrambled eggs would definitely keep my attention. <laughs> and now yeah. it's all coming together. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. So what we try to do is we try to make sure that the video itself is under two minutes. So Okay, still that, under two minutes. Yeah, so that way it's a long form video. It's what Facebook refers to as a lean back video. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, I, I don't know. They love to lean in and lean back and they're doing a lot of leaning over there <laughs> at Facebook. 
Anyway, I love Which those guys. I, but I know. <laughs> Cheryl Sandbergism's gone wild. So in this video, it's like, so there's motion to start. Like there's a really good branding. They have a really good mm-hmm. brand. It comes on, sort of swoops around with cool music. And we immediately, we know that 80 or 90%, depending on what, you know, depending on what stat you look at, 80 to 90% of people watch video on the newsfeed on Facebook and Instagram with the sound off. So mm-hmm. we have subtitles. In this case, we okay. uploaded an SRT file over sort of like a, a base of the video. The video is, is optimized for mobile. It's a square video. All things that are super important. So mm-hmm. motion to start. It doesn't need to be you screaming at the camera, waving your hands or doing something nutty. It's like just something that has motion because the human eye, based upon our caveman and cavewoman days, is drawn <laughs> to motion. Like as we're talking here, if a bird flew onto the you know windowsill outside, you would immediately look. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like this is, we know this. So this is human emotion. So, and just human behavior. So get some motion in there first three to six seconds. Also try to get your branding in there because you're paying for that video view. Whether you're not, you like it or not, you might as well get something out of it. You might as well show your brand. So mm-hmm. they do that extremely well. So we taught them how to do that. And really, most of this post-production stuff actually happens on our end. But the big part of it was like getting Chris to understand like what a teach and pitch sort of video is. So we start with the motion. It's mobile optimized, kind of fast paced. He comes on. He says, hey, this is something that we found out years ago through our teachings, like the best way to cook scrambled eggs. And a lot of people don't do it quite the way that to, to get it. So it's like really light and fluffy. And mm-hmm. so then he goes in and he just basically shows like immediately I'm teaching. So mm-hmm. here's what you do. You put on the scrambled eggs, you put on hot you put in oil, get it so it's sort of steaming and then scramble up the eggs, no milk, no water, nothing like that. Throw it in, scramble it around. Literally, the thing is cooked in under a minute or so. He adds a few spices to it and then puts it on the plate, takes a bite of it, and you see the whole thing sort of as it evolves. And so all we really had to do is get him to shoot this video, and then we edited it all together. And it's this weird thing. It's like you've cooked scrambled eggs like a hundred times, well, like a million times, right? Like... I never, everything would always stick to the pan for me. It would always come out Don't burnt. Even get me My you know? boyfriend cooks scrambled eggs every morning and every night we have to peel the scrambled <laughs> eggs off of the pan. It's like my biggest pet peeve, Ralph. You have no idea. I would like to see this video. Yeah. But it's so, more of a tactical question. My next question is, one, I would like to know how the eggs don't stick to the pan. And two, yep. is he filming with like a professional camera? Is he doing, someone filming this on an iPhone? What is so in this case these guys are pros so they've got their own tv show so they have the two camera angle thing you don't even need that as an advertiser like it looks great but it's not the refinement in the production that sells it it's the content like you're interested Mm -hmm. like what is this secret how do i cook scrambled (laughs) like i hate when the eggs stick to the pan like this is a problem it's a problem so and he shows you in the video exactly how to do it. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna be the spoiler here, Amanda. It's oil. Have it like like almost be steaming, and then you're scrambling up your eggs, and you just throw it in, and literally you start immediately moving it around with that spatula thingy, 
like the Teflon thing. And he's sort of doing it all kind of quick paced and talking through it and why the science behind it. Like for Mm -hmm. these guys, they're really into like the science, like why this happens. Well, I believe it's oil has a higher boiling point than water or butter or something. I forget exactly what it is. But anyway, so he gives these cool little tips and you're like, wow, that's really interesting. And then about halfway through, now you're watching this thing for a minute or so. Like this is really valuable. I mean, we're not curing cancer here by any stretch. (laughs) We're cooking eggs. But the point is, is like, this is why it has such a broad appeal. Everybody cooks eggs. Yeah. So, so you're going for the foodies. You're going for the people who love to cook like me and you. And then probably the people who are just like, I just need eggs quick and I don't want to like clean <laughs> up the pan. <laughs> so it's very broad. It's very broad appeal. I just need breakfast like out fast and the kids out of the house and off to yeah. school. So, and then he just sort of shows you. So then at the end... This is where after he teaches and he takes a bite and it looks delicious. And you're like, wow, that looks really good. I'm really hungry for eggs. Then he says, if this was helpful for you, we've got a subscription offer where you can learn recipes like this for everyday cooking, but also with an international flavor for just $1. Click the link in and around this video and sign up today. And that's it. Like That's the whole thing. And that is the video formula that really transformed these guys. So since then, we've started to do it with... Banana bread, <laughs> oh, green beans. That's the quarantine. Yeah. That's the quarantine gold right there. Ah, but during oh, quarantine, man. we're like, what's in Chris's pantry? Like, what can he make? <laughs> so we started pulling all this stuff out. Like you have like a banana bread box in there from, oh, you know, yeah. that's been sitting in the back of your pantry. I like, made a few banana breads in the last few months. They did not turn out well. So <laughs> send me that one. <laughs> I have to send you links on everything here. So no, you probably have all those browned bananas that have been sitting on your countertop. Like yep. who doesn't have that going on? Like, <laughs> so it's really common things. And I think that's the key, but it's insightful. And then the end result is like, you can do this really quickly. I'll follow what I just told you. But oh, by the way, if you want more, click the link. And that's the pitch. And that's the teach and pitch video ad. I love this. And I'm very intrigued by this because DM has tried this before too, but we've tried it further down the funnel. And I think we ended up having to like cut them in different ways because we were going a little bit too long. So I love that it's very simple in terms of like teach a tactic in one to two minutes and then do like a very low dollar offer. And it's interesting to me though, because we were doing it at like level three, like are these videos we would put in our, our ad campaigns at a level three audience. But it's Got interesting it. that it works to the, the cold audience because it's a tactic that you could do in any industry it doesn't have to be cooking that's like simple to teach and easy to walk through within and then provide more value by getting this like very low dollar offer whether it's a lead magnet or subscription or yeah absolutely and the key is is that it has to go to an offer that converts so what we saw let's take it back to may of 2019 we saw that there were they were running this one dollar subscription offer Mm -hmm. and it was converting and it just wasn't converting at the the cost per acquisition that they wanted, but it, they weren't able to scale it, but it was converting. So we're like, well, if we put enough of a video asset and enough of a reason to click and to buy, like what you're doing is you're front end loading your value. Mm-hmm. Like you're proving you can help them by actually helping them. I just helped you by teaching you how to cook scrambled eggs without having them stick to the pan. Yes, and you you'll be you'll be shocked at how well it works. It's olive oil, by the way. I forget uh, if it's see, this is even. the trick. Okay, that it's is- olive oil. We're using coconut oil. 
which mm-hmm. I don't understand why people like eggs that taste like coconuts, but that's a whole yeah. nother conversation and a whole nother see? episode. <laughs> but see, these are things it's like, this, this is why this formula works. And mm-hmm. so, cause it's simple, it's easy. Like I said, we're not splitting the atom here. We're not curing cancer, but we are helping people cook eggs. But then it's the logical sequence next is a really irresistible offer. Like, wow, that was really good. And I can get that for a buck. But, you know, at I think 30 days, they then, well, they have an option of getting the digital version, digital plus the physical version, or just the physical version of the magazine. And there's a couple of different price points. So we did test around with that to a certain degree, which is sort of the last step of the process. But the point is, is they had a front end offer that we knew that worked. It's just a matter of tweaking it just a little bit and Mm -hmm. putting really good assets in front of it to convince people to pull out their credit card and, and actually purchase. Did you know companies that blog consistently receive 67% more leads than those that don't? Now, that feels obvious, right, when you hear it, but it's still a really surprising statistic. Consistent blogging is so important to growing a business, but who has the time to research keywords, come up with topics, write content? It's a nightmare. BKA Content, a content writing agency with 10 years of experience, offers monthly SEO blog writing service where they'll do it all for you. All of your monthly blog posts delivered directly to your inbox, 100% ready to publish. Go to bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual. That's bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual. If you're not A-B testing on your site and doing optimization experiments, you're leaving serious money on the table. Not only can it keep your business from growing, it gives your competition an edge over you. Luckily, our friends at Conversion Fanatics have run thousands of conversion rate optimization experiments every year for clients like Clorox, Burt's Bees, Dr. Axe, Magnolia, ClickFunnels, and many more. They optimize your site for you so you can get more customers, scale your traffic faster, and see more profit to your bottom line. If you're interested in how you can optimize your website, you can get their number one Amazon bestseller for free by going to conversionfanatics.com forward slash free book. That's conversionfanatics.com forward slash F-R-E-E-B-O-O-K. Go download it today so you can learn how to double your customers, sales, and profits with A-B testing. That makes complete sense. Okay, so once you're starting to target cold audience and your cold audience is starting to convert, what is then step four? Yeah, well, uh, step it's sort of a step in between. And I think then this is step, th- yeah, step <laughs> three is like, so we did the e-commerce ad amplifiers, step one. Mm-hmm. We redid, refined a lot of their video assets, which is step two. Step mm-hmm. three, and we noticed this, is that they were running a lot of lead generation ads. So they had a lead magnet that sort of didn't sell the $1 subscription, but got people that weren't quite ready to commit to the $1 mm. subscription, but then sold the $1 subscription once they opted in. Okay. So, and this is what every business should be doing. And you guys obviously do it as good, if not better than anyone, is have lead gen constantly and then email follow-up sequence. They just re- weren't really sure exactly how to crank that up and what to spend on it. So what we did is we came in and we said, all right, listen, we're going to start doing lead ads here for your lead gen and we'll just start cranking these suckers up because they were getting pretty good lead costs. I 
I believe if I'm not mistaken, they were in the one to two dollar range. Oh, but okay. they really like they knew their financials, so they wanted that lead gen cost to be sub one dollar, ideally under fifty cents. Yep. And so we felt that lead gen or lead ads were the way to go. So we started implementing lead ads at level one traffic and we, we ended up uh, spending quite a bit on these. And those are basically just the same kind of thing, sort of a, a front end video asset. We might use the same say, teach the lead and pitch. ads the same as the teach and pitch? Okay. Yeah, yeah, we do lead lead ads that have the same teach and pitch, but then the, the call to action is just opt in to get more recipes yep. like this. So it's a different way of approaching the same audience. Not everyone's gonna buy. Mm -hmm. Right. Some people are like, they're just not going to commit. So we got more people to buy through the teach and pitch ads. So we're like, well, why don't we use the teach and pitch ads to get them to opt in for lead gen? And it worked as well, certainly better than what they had been doing before to the tune of we've spent, this is not their largest ad spend by any stretch, but we've spent about a quarter of a million dollars in the last 18 months just on these ads. And we've got almost 500,000 leads. So we've blown wow. up their list. So because they're, they're lead ads, you might have some clunker emails in there because not everybody still uses their Facebook email. The point <laughs> is, is like it, we cranked this sucker up and they mm -hmm. knew their backend metrics. And I think it was a big part of them building their list and then cultivating people into the $1 subscription offer. And then as well as, you know, selling them physical products, which we'll get into in just a second. So does that make sense? That makes complete sense. And I think it also makes sense that like they had a, I feel like when you have a really good understanding of your metrics on the back end and a really good understanding that your offer works and have tested your offer, then you can feel more confident being able to test different strategies and test different kinds of front end offers in order to make sure that you can get that lead generation because you're confident in the back end. And I generally, I see like a lot of our customers will work the opposite way of like, I want to focus on the front end and then we'll get to the back end once I start getting leads. Mm. But really it should, it works better when you can be confident in the core, obviously, which we've been talking about, confident in the core offer and then let's fix traffic from there. Totally, totally. I think they work both from both ends. I mean, you've got to, if yeah. you have a lead gen offer, you have to have an email sequence, an email follow-up mm -hmm. sequence. Like everybody in the world should have the machine. <laughs> You know, <laughs> that training, I mean, it's the best in the world. I, these guys were DM followers too, before they, they came to us. So they had already started to integrate some of these strategies, oh. which is always good. So yeah, so having a follow-up sequence, it's not super hard to do, but it does cultivate and it's constantly this trickle of new people who are interested in your stuff, which what you're really doing here is you're selling a subscriptions upfront you're getting lead generation. And then what we'll get to in just a second is then you're selling physical products in your store. It's three pathways that you can acquire customers. Mm -hmm. And in each one of those pathways, there's multiple strategies that we used. But the point is like, that's a very well diversified way of running a business. And not everybody's going to have that. I get it. Mm -hmm. That's why I think this is a, a pretty good case study because they do have a business model where you can go lead gen, you can go subscription recurring kind of thing, mm -hmm. as well as physical products. And they've got info products on the back end and coaching and all these other sorts of things that they sell as well. So the model is good. Like they have a very good business just to begin with. It was just a matter of 
diversifying, changing your strategies just a little bit in order to leverage the power of the 4 billion monthly active users that are on these platforms. It's just a few. Just a few. So step four, and this is a relatively quick one. We, as I said before, the $1 subscription offer was, was cranking. But mm-hmm. what we wanted to do is we wanted to get even deeper and control not necessarily always just before the click, but also control after the click. So we engaged the service that we, we, the first time we had ever actually done it with a customer was with these guys, which you refer to as tier 12, which is where we actually go in. (laughs) We haven't figured out a name for it. It's like how five guys. (laughs) I'm here for tier 12. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. It's like we named it tier 12 and then it stuck. And I read an article about five guys, the hamburger place. Like they were like, yeah, we just need a name. There's five guys here. Let's just call it five guys. And they never went back and changed the name. So it's kind of like the same, not that we're five guys, but I do love five guy burgers. So anyway, so tier 12. So what we do is we, we engage with them for three months and we wanted to do a bunch of testing of their landing pages for the $1 okay. subscription. So we ended up, we ended up rewriting some of the pages, tweaking mm-hmm. the offers a little bit, and we did uh, a landing page iteration one landing page iteration two, and then landing page iteration three. And landing page iteration three was the one that really started to work. And what we had done is we actually created sort of a GIF, an animated GIF at the top of the page, which as soon as somebody clicked, captured their attention. The movement, putting the like movement that you need on Facebook back into the landing page makes sense. Exactly, exactly. And the movement highlighted the offer very quickly. You could see visually like what is the offer? It was really good. So it's really fast, but it captures the attention. Remember, like people need to be guided through this process. Mm -hmm. Everyone sort of assumes everyone knows what to do once they click a link. People don't know what to do. Make it so stupidly simple for them that they can't say no. And so that's what this landing page did. So landing page iteration three really scaled up to the tune of, we spent about a half a million dollars just on landing page three alone, about $570,000. So like crazy good. So we're like, all right, well, that's great. And we had some success, I believe, in sort of the second months of the engagement. But then our team switched a little bit. We realized, all right, well, that one is working well. Let's test the offer itself in a variety of different price points. So mm-hmm. that was sort of the next step. Like I had mentioned before, there's the digital mm-hmm. offer. There's the digital plus physical where you actually get the magazine in the mail. And then there's just the physical. So there's three offers, which has a tendency sometimes to confuse people. So yeah. I wasn't a huge advocate of having three offers, but they really wanted to do it. And our our tier 12 team obviously was on board with that. We really wanted to see which combination of the three worked the best. So we iterated landing page four, which did not get a lift over uh, landing page three, landing page five, landing page six. And finally on landing page seven, we kind of struck the mother load. And <laughs> that combination was the thing that worked extremely well. Now, every business is always looking for like, what's the best price for my- Wait, what was the combination? Oh, you want <laughs> so much, don't you? Well, unfortunately, <laughs> it's such small type here. I don't even have my glasses on. But so we ended up and everyone's going to be like, oh, well, that's how, that's how you price subscriptions. No, that's how this customer prices subscriptions. <laughs> so let's be clear here. But the combination that worked best was print only for nineteen ninety five. Digital only nineteen ninety five and print plus digital for twenty nine ninety five. So the same for print and digital. I like yeah. Who would have guessed? 
So honestly, not me. Like I would have thought that's really interesting. Yeah. So my sense is that once you find something that works, you continue to test it and beat your control. So that's what worked for them. That's not what will work for you, the perpetual traffic listener by any stretch. And these guys have a very solid business. So don't try and model it in any sort of way. You can't anyway. It's impossible to model just because they're so good at what they do, especially with their spokesperson and all the credibility that they have. But the point is, it's like we tested a lot of variations, basically in essence, like four or five different variations and landing and the page other variations seven. like like the print, like a print at a lower dollar or a higher dollar offer than the digital or like the digital, gosh, I don't even, I don't deal with physical items. So Mm -hmm. I feel like it's interesting to like put it against a digital item and in terms of exactly the same product, but in a, in digital, like try to market it from a digital marketing perspective. So this is fascinating to me on like the pricing structure. So I'm assuming you tested like up and down on both. Yeah, so print sometimes was twenty four ninety five, digital maybe was nineteen ninety five, okay, and then print plus digital thirty four ninety five. Then there was a twenty four ninety five, a nineteen ninety five, and then a twenty nine ninety five. So the, it was all I, there was. I wasn't involved in this part of it quite as much, but all we were doing was like, what's logical here? What should we test? And mm-hmm. none of us really knew what would test the best, but this combination was the one that worked the best. And to the tune of we've spent almost a million dollars on landing page seven up to this point in time. So at a very solid return, they have some fluctuations, obviously day in and day out, week in and week out, but still like that's the subscription. That's the one that really allowed them to scale up. So, and it's continuing to this day. Like I was just checking it like last week, that landing page is still working. So, but the, the point is, is like, let the data decide which mm-hmm. one. So we had no idea, but then we've since gone back and we've even looked at different ways in which to test the landing page that are non-price sensitive. We basically had a service with tier 12 where it was a three-month thing. And we've since consulted with them on this, but like we got them in the right direction. So what we were able to do is really scale up the spend as a result of that. Mm-hmm. And that was step four is test your landing pages. So if you're out there running traffic to an offer and you have not tested your offer or tested your landing page, you're really doing yourself a disservice. And we felt that 50% of the effectiveness of the ads is everything that's after the click. What we were talking about around the first of this year, it's like that is a huge part and you've Mm got to look at that. And we did here and that's why we're building out this whole after the click division, which is is something that that customers really do need. And Mm -hmm. um, it's clear from this case study that was it added to the overall effectiveness of growing their business. Yeah, absolutely. Well, should I do a drum roll for step five? (laughs) Step five and the final step was scale up their store offers. Ah, So yeah, so they've got subscriptions, they've got lead gen, that's going pretty well. We're testing our landing pages. So, but they had these other offers, which the big question typically when you're trying to sell an offer to cold traffic that you know sells in the back end is look at two things. And this is the simplest way to look at it. Look at your Shopify store, see what your biggest sellers are. Mm -hmm. That tells you right there, that's an offer that's probably going to convert to cold traffic. Chances are other people are buying it. There's social proof there. Secondly, figure out which one of those products is your highest margin. Mm. So that's the key. Like if you are at a three to one margin, let's say you're buying something for 10 bucks and selling it for 30, like that's a three to one. 
that's about the minimum that you should look at when you're running ads to cold traffic. Because if it's two to one, it's going to be, let's say you're buying it for 15 bucks and you're selling it for 30. What we found is that's hard to make that work because you mm. can't spend enough to acquire a customer based upon the current CPMs and the rates that we're advertising with right now. So that was sort of the combination. And then the third question is, which products do you have? I said there was really two questions, but really there's three questions you need to ask. <laughs> the, the third one is, which ones can you have an abundant supply of? Which ones oh, okay. do you not have supply chain issues with? Which do you control? So the third part to this was the one that was a little bit of a challenge with these guys. So because some of the products that they sold on their site, they bought as a reseller and then sold them and they weren't their own. They didn't control the entire supply chain. Well, that was like a, that like marketplace, like Amazon kind of uh, <laughs> model. A, that makes sense. It was a bit of a challenge. But from our perspective, it's like, here's an impetus to create your own stuff. Like mm -hmm. do it. Like So anyway, so what we did is we chose, and I remember the first one that we chose was a specific offer, which was these coffee sugars. It was like a really good offer. They mm -hmm. had sold pretty well, good price point. And it was a variety pack of different coffee sugars, like some with cinnamon, some with cardamom, some with, I forget what they are. I don't put sugar in my coffee, so my wife does. But so like there's different combinations of like sugar plus these other spices. And it was a top seller. It was a seller that had been sold in the past. It was a good offer because it was a relatively low price point with a variety pack. Like you didn't have to commit to one sugar. You could test yeah. a bunch of them. Indecision like, for the win. <laughs> exactly. So I get this coffee sugar. I like the cinnamon one. I really don't like the cardamom one all that much. So I'll reorder the cinnamon. Like you've just uh, created okay. a new customer. So you've given them choice. So it's a very good offer. Mm -hmm. to begin with. So, and the, and the economics worked fairly well. They had some supply chain stuff, but the point was, is like, this was a really good offer and the economics worked on the back end. So we figured out what our CPA needed to be and we started selling that and we have sold and outsold it. It's, we've sold it out many times. Like when you have an offer that works, like sometimes the biggest thing isn't really is the traffic. It's making sure you have enough product to fulfill. And that's oftentimes what happens with customers of ours. We find something that really works and like, holy crap, like we're sold out. Like we have a customer right now that is now a million dollar customer. They started with us. They were on the six figure range and they sold out of their entire product because it's so good. And so now we're like, I mean, we're it's a, a pretty decent problem to have. I mean, not a great problem to have, but it's a pretty good problem to have. It's a really <laughs> good problem to have if you're a business. Like you found something that the world wants. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to going back to level one cold traffic, if like if you can convert it to cold traffic, it's an offer. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's a rare thing to find. And but if you find it, like make sure that you can supply it or control the supply chain as much as you possibly can, as well as always look out for competition coming in and underpricing you and all these other sorts of business things. So we had these sort of talks with these guys. And so we started with coffee sugars. Then we went to like a couple of different knives, like that knife we were talking about before. And then another one, which is like a variety of different spices, another one, a variety pack. 
great offer, multiple things. I don't have to commit to one spice over another. I can get the variety pack. I'll try it. Like in the video, he teaches mm-hmm. you how to do it. Obviously, these are teach and pitch videos nice. <laughs> on this. And then, oh, by the way, if if you want this, you can get the variety pack for X dollars. Click the link in around the, the post to, to get it. It's the same teach and pitch formula. And the offer is really good. The videos are good, very convincing. He's a very good teacher, like I said. He's a very good spokesperson. And the pitch at the end is just a logical, like, hey, if you like this, click the link to get it. Like, Mm -hmm. it's kind of simple, but it works. And we've spent over a million dollars in the last 18 months on these store offers. And we could probably spend more you know, if like sometimes these things just sell out so fast. So same thing again, it's like you're using teach and pitch, you're using like this basic formula. Yeah, the videos are good. Like they're really solid. The spokesperson is excellent. But you, the listener can do the same kind of thing, whether it's physical products, whether it's a Mm -hmm. subscription offer, whether it's lead gen, like it all works. And what we found is that it's a formula that we can duplicate over and over again. So the store offers certainly crushed. And that's how, like, those are the five steps. And there's a lot more to it. My media buyers are probably going to listen to this and be like, oh my God, (laughs) he's simplifying it so much. If it was only that easy. Yeah, there's more than five steps. I'll give you that. But the point is, is like the big picture, the strategy of this really did work. And the execution on our side and through the customer was amazing. And just really proud of the team for this one. But yeah, I think when you break it down into five steps, like I think it's pretty obvious as you were talking through it, that there's obviously going to be multiple steps when you're building out you know, custom audiences and like testing different landing pages and testing different copy that is multiple steps. But what I like about it is that it really is like simplifying the process. And at least from like digital marketer, what we've been focused on is our slogan as of late is simplify to scale. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to be able to scale, if you want to be able to grow your business, you have to be able to break it down into five steps and be like, okay, what did I do that is actually working? Well, we tested this landing page. We know that the core offer works on the back end. We have like a video formula that works that we know will work to cold traffic. And I feel like it's so simple that an organic traffic person can understand it. And I think that a lot of strategies can be broken down like this to complicate things less and put your focus into what's actually working, I think is what I get out of it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. At at the heart of it too is good offers. And I, I know we've repeated that many times here, but it, it's really important for people to say, like, and they we, we see it all the time. I, like, I just need Facebook ads. Well, no, you actually don't. You need something that works to people who don't know who you are. And so when right. you get that signal and that signal is, and I think we actually had Ryan here on the show once, he's like, you don't don't do it to your lead list. Like they already know mm-hmm. who you are. That tells yep. you that the offer has a pulse. Yep. What you need to do is test it to people who have no idea who you are mm-hmm. and see how they respond. And you might not make a million dollars in your first week. Okay. everyone, <laughs> It's just not the way it works. But even if you don't get, if you spend a couple hundred dollars in traffic for a week and you get no conversions, you make no money. What you've bought is data. What you've bought is learning. The old Thomas Edison expression. I don't even know if he actually said it because his team at Bell Labs actually did all the work for him instead of him, but he claimed credit. It's like, I figured out like 10,000 ways which the light bulb will not work or the filament will not work. And then the one that actually did is the one that we're enjoying here today. So the point is like, there's a lot of failure that goes into this, but you buy data. 
you be, figure out mm-hmm. like what's working, what's not working. And in most cases, mm-hmm. it's what's not working. Everyone yeah. listening, like let, let's not, <laughs> you know, think. Well, that, I think it's a good example. Just that you tested seven different, well, seven different landing pages, but number seven was like, what did you say? The mother load, like number seven yeah. was crushed it. So it yeah. wasn't as simple as like, oh, the first one worked or oh, the second one worked. It was seven different variations until you found what really worked. Yeah, absolutely. And and this customer has a very mature view of business. They're mm-hmm. not going to go broke by testing six different versions. We're mm-hmm. trying to find the one that does work. Mm-hmm. And another customer that we did tier 12 with, I think it was the 17th version. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's, like, a great that's, that's a lot of landing pages. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to tell you, you, may, you wave the magic wand with these five steps and then magically you have a business. No, it's like it, you need to put in the work. There's no hack to this whole thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but it'll get you where you need to, like it'll give you a head start, I think, when you start to implement these processes in like a very logical way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And people want to grow their businesses at the end of the day. And it's like that, that takes a, an element of work, obviously. <laughs> I mean, you got to grind it out. So anyway, but I think the, the five steps everyone you know, listening can take at least one or two of them and implement mm-hmm. them in their business, whether or not you're e-commerce, lead gen, your service-based business, your you digital products, like all of it really does apply here. In one way, shape, or form, we use these strategies with pretty much all of our customers. So we know that they work and we do have the breadth of experience to understand, all right, well, this is going to work in this particular situation. And we borrow stuff from e-commerce over to info, over to services, over to to digital. Mm-hmm. Like we cross pollinate all the strategies. And I think that makes it a lot of fun. And obviously in, in this case, it was, it was a customer who really got it and understood mm-hmm. it and their success is pretty tremendous. So I'd say... 50, 53X is pretty tremendous. <laughs> 53X, it's not too bad. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so, so it sounds like we've convinced the jury here. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. All right. I'll give this a pass. <laughs> and, like I'll like hit my mallet. There you go. <laughs> Order in the court. Well, cool. Well, everything that we mentioned here today and good to hear that we have Amanda's stamp of approval on this case study. We'll give you more information on some of the things that we had mentioned here inside the show notes over at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This has been episode 295. Amanda Powell, stay out of the snow. I'll try. (laughs) (laughs) No promises. (laughs) I don't know. Move to Florida or something. I don't know. But anyway, move to the West Coast now, actually. Yeah. Uh, Very cool. So until next week, everyone, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.